Welcome back, everybody. It's the Betting Pros College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. And it's a little different this year. I'm the host. Last year, I was the analyst. But we have the incomparable Thor Nystrom at ThorKU on the Twitter to join us this season. I will be hosting. Thor will be breaking these games down for you on a weekly basis. Thor, welcome to the show. Excited to have you here for this season. And I am pumped. It's week zero are you ready? Are you actually ready for kickoff for Saturday to come around and get games rolling? I'm definitely ready. I'm definitely ready. Yeah, it's been a long off season. It was a wild off season and an unprecedented off season of player movement. And yeah, I, I, I know I speak for both of us in saying it is good that college football is back. It feels right. You know, when football is coming around, uh, the weather gets a little bit colder, you know, that that heat starts to break a little bit as well. The world just feels correct to me. So I am very, very happy uh, that we are starting and we're going to be here every single week for you guys to break down these games. And this is week zero. You know, week zero is kind of like a uh, what do they call it, Thor, like a soft opening of a hotel where it's open but only to certain people and you can only go at certain times and things like that so it's just saturday nothing else there's 11 games but only seven that are being played by both fbs teams that have like a real line and all that stuff so that's what we're going to be going over today and thor we start at nebraska versus northwestern not at versus northwestern this game is in dublin ireland so uh you know a little ways out of the way but I have some questions here. The, the game is Nebraska by 13. Uh, I believe you're, you know, in Nebraska's favor here. Will Casey Thompson finally get Nebraska's offense on track under Scott Frost? Do you think that's going to happen in front Northwestern? They were good for a long time, but they've been rough recently. Can we expect improvement or do you think we're going to see more of the same? from Northwestern. What do you think of this game? Yeah, th there's a lots of things going on here. Th this is going to be a really fascinating game on multiple different levels. I mean, let's start with Nebraska. Fascinating offseason uh, for them. I mean, I thought a lot of people thought Scott Frost was going to be fired. Trev Alberts decides to keep him. It was sort of on this prove it sort of scenario of we'll give you the one off season and then we'll give you one more year. We'll, we'll see how it goes. He, obviously, Scott Frost, he's not only going to have to make a bowl game. He's probably going to have to win eight games to, to save his job. So he sort of had this YOLO off season. You know, we were talking about how it was this unprecedented off season, a player movement. Scott Frost took full advantage yeah, he, he signed a metric ton of people. Not only that, like 22 he, transfers. It was a lot, right? An, an incredible amount of people. You know, of course, he he signed a new uh, quarterback and he brought in a whole new architect of the offense. So, so the whole thing has been remade. What, what was really interesting about that is you bring in Mark Whipple who his thing his entire uh, coaching career, it, it's been that quick hitting passing attack to, you know, in, in a layered passing attack where, where guys are running these, these uh, 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 multiple concepts that down the field, you know, you, you'll have two guys running similar routes, you know, and then, and then they'll sort of break off in, in the layers, you know, and, and, and you sort of force conundrums for the defensive back, stuff like that. And then you do that sort of stuff. And then that sets up the run, you, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, usually with that system, the guy who runs it best, it's a guy who – the foot that he is led with, it's short area accuracy and intermediate accuracy. And then they go out and they sign Casey Thompson. That is certainly not the first thing that I thought of when I thought of Casey Thompson, that in decision-making. Casey Thompson, it, you know, he's a solid playmaker for sure, 
But again, accuracy and touch is not the, the first couple of things that you would toss out when, when you're thinking about him. So it's going to be really interesting to see Casey Thompson, sort of the the, the square, you know, or the, the, the round peg being fit into the, the square of, of the Mark Whipple system. And then both of those guys essentially trying to save Scott Frost. You know, you, you have all those different things going on. And then all the, the new the other new guys on Nebraska as well. And then they're just in Dublin, you know, like this new look Nebraska team. And then meanwhile, on the other side with Northwestern, they have had nightmare seasons in two of the last three, you know, sort of interspersed like an Oreo with, you know, sort of more of the prototypical good, you know, uh, Fitzgerald season where, where they had like eight wins or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, you know, I mean, last year was it was another nightmare one. Cam Porter was lost for the season last year. They get Cam Porter back. Ostensibly, this is more your prototypical Northwestern team with Cam Porter back where you have that really deep backfield. Now you got Cam Porter. You got Evan Hall. You got um, the, the kid that they had gotten from Bowling Green a couple of years, Andrew Clare. So, so they have three different running backs. Um, Holinsky should be better this year. You know, he did not have a good offseason last year after he had transferred over from South Carolina, and he was terrible last year. But th- th- there's been talk that he is going to be really improved this year. He, he had a good offseason. So if, if he's better, um, certainly the rushing attack is, is going to be better one way or the other because the one thing that Northwestern's off- offense has going for one way or the other is a really good offensive line. Their left tackle, Peter Skaronsky, is one of the best offensive linemen in America, and the kids around them are, are pretty solid too. So they have the line going for them one way or the other, should have a good rushing attack. If Holinsky is at least competent, it'll be a decent offense. The defense, we'll have to see. You know, I mean, like when, when Fitzgerald's teams have been good, the defenses have been awesome. Like you remember the team two years ago, you know, d- during the COVID year or whatever, that was when like they had Greg Newsome and the Joseph kid that had ju- that just transferred to, to Notre Dame. And like they had that awesome secondary, whatever that, you know, that, that was the contending team. And, and back when uh, the other Fitzgerald good teams, that's when they, they had good defenses. When their te- the Northwestern teams have stunk, that's when the defenses have been sieves. Right. So it's it, it, it's going to go a long way to inform how good th- this team is if they can get that defense back on track. I'm going to have to believe it to see it, but I do think that that offense is going to be a bit better one way or the other. You're on the Nebraska side here, correct? My numbers are really, really close to to, to where Vegas is right now. The, you know, the, this line has been bouncing back a little bit and forth. You know, I, I've been monitoring it a little bit. Right now, live, it's Nebraska minus 13. My number on this game is Nebraska minus 13.7. I honestly would not bet this game. Um, I, You know, like the, the coaching discrepancy alone, I think, is probably worth that 0.7 points. The uh, Northwestern has the better coach team, hint, hint, cough, cough. So, so for me, I, I'm staying away. If I had to bet it, honestly, I'm probably leaning Northwestern just because of the coaching edge. But in this one, I'm just going to be a spectator. What about uh, what is what is playing this game in Ireland do? Uh, does, does it do anything in terms of the over? In terms of this line, does does it change anything for you? Is it, or you know, is it? Do you just say, well, it's a field. No one has home field advantage, so you have that, and you know, they both have to deal with it. So I'm not really looking at this field or this location as a deciding factor for anything. You know, it's it's interesting, right? Like with Northwestern, they they don't have a home field advantage. So so in that sense, it, it doesn't really matter for them. Whereas with Nebraska, they do have a home field advantage. However, I'm not sure that this season starting out, 
that Frost would have wanted to play at home right away in the season just because if something bad happened right away, it would have been the stadium would have been deflated right away. Because right now, the way that it is for Frost, people, you know, people are really tepid about him. And and people are either ready to to want to believe in him or to move on really quick. And so it's probably better better for him that the opener isn't anywhere even close to America, to be honest. So for both teams, it's it's probably not a bad thing. Um, I, I think this, honestly, I think it probably plays into Frost's hands more, j- again, j- just for the reasons that, that, that I was specifying. So take 49 and a half, you, you have a lean one way or the other? Um, I would, uh, man, w- w- just where the, w- where, where the game is being played, um, it, it's, it's, it's harder to say, you know, over there. Cause it, it's, it's, a you know, with the field, I, I, I don't have any information about the, the, sure. the, the field. So That's yeah, fair. I'm, I'm it's not, not like sure. they're playing, you know, uh, dozens of games in Ireland every single year. So that is more than understandable. Plus week one, week zero, however you want to call it. It's the hardest week. The, the first week of the season, the last week of the season, in my opinion, are the toughest to bet because you don't know, uh, you know, who is going to be good, who's been working hard, who looks good in practice, all that good stuff, because it's very hush-hush in college football. You know, NFL, you probably have a better idea because it's open practices, you're getting highlights, you're getting media stuff. It's it's all day, every day. It's the NFL network, right? So, uh, but in week one and the last week in any football season, because the last week you don't know who quit, who's being benched, uh, who's not going to play because they're a little banged up and they want to save them for next year. There's too many what ifs. It's same thing with with week zero. You, we're we're looking for really, uh, you know, like you got to feel really good about a game or a line to bet on it uh, early this early in the season. Uh, we move on to the next game. Here is UConn at Utah State. Utah State is a 27 and a half point favorite at home against UConn. And Blake Anderson had these guys humming the Aggies last season. Thor, should we expect more of the same? And what does a good season look like under new slash old head coach Jim Mora for UConn? Yeah, I'm 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 already smiling because I can't I can't believe I'm a, I'm about to make the case to people to bet their hard-earned money at Jim Mora and in, in the fighting <laughs> UConn Huskies, but I'm about to do it, uh, folks. Uh, but yeah, I I I have a huge overlay on on, on this game, I, I, a surprising overlay. Although to to me this this was a surprising line. Although I guess Vegas they're they're trying to coax money on to this side. And I, you know, a sucker's born every minute. And I, I, I guess the, the minute that I was born, I, I qualified. <laughs> um, my, my overlay on this game is the, the live line is 27 and a half. Uh, Utah state, obviously favored by 27 and a half. My line on this game is only Utah state minus 15.7. So I have an overlay on this game of 12 points. So, so by definition, I am going to be betting on the Utah, or I'm sorry, on on UConn and Jim Mora's return to to college football. Um, it's it's hard to make a case for 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 Jim Mora's first roster with UConn, although he is going to inject energy back into a, a roster into in, into a program that has not had it in a very long time. Randy Edsel. Oh my God! His re- Randy, a disaster. Yes. Speaking of his return to, to you know <laughs> to, to to the UConn program, that one was really really bad. 
um, you know, and, and, and they kept bringing him back and then they didn't even want to play football during the, the COVID season. And then all of Edsel's players were quitting and, and they didn't want to fire him because they didn't want to pay him and another guy at the same time. It was, it was really bad there. So they, they finally got rid of him. They bring in Mora who, you know, people get annoyed at Mora's shtick, just like they get annoyed at, at PJ Fleck <laughs> shtick if they're outside the area. But, you know, I, I'm living in Minneapolis and people happen to enjoy Fleck here and they enjoy. Row the boat. Roll the yeah, ball, it's fun. Maybe Roll it's it. corny or whatever, but it works for them kids. So it, it, uh, it, do it. It works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, in, in a UConn, I mean, you're always going to have a talent discrepancy. Just having the kids energetic and ready to play and excited, it's it's going to be worth at least something. The other thing, Mora took to the, the transfer portal this offseason, you know, again, like, you know, a time when there was college football free agency and he went and signed some interesting guys, right? Like, you know, like uh, Taquan Robert, Robertson from, from Penn State, you know, a kid who he, he had some some recruiting hype behind him coming out. We saw him play. He he is a good runner um, to, the, to this point. He has zero accuracy. So he's one of those dual threats that uh, is only, you know, he's a dual threat that can't throw basically. But uh, um, he can do one thing, which is that the UConn quarterbacks in the past have been able to do zero like the past like four years. So at least you got that going for you. Um, and, and, you know, and, and he has a couple other quarterbacks in there, too, you know, where, where they're having the, the competition. We'll see who ends up winning it. But, um, you know, and Nathan Carter, you know, the, the the running back that they have, he can do a couple things as well. We'll, we'll see, you know, what, what they could end up tossing together. As for Utah State, you know, the, last year was the dream season, right? Like they went 11 and two basically by sneaking up on everyone in Blake yeah. Anderson's first year. Um, literally just by ambushing people. And it, it happened really quickly, right? Like even like in early October, we didn't really realize it was happening. And then all of a sudden you looked up at the standings and you're like, wait a second, like how is, how is Utah State like seven and two? And then all of a sudden they were, you know, like 10 and two and then 11 and two. It's like, what what is what is going on here? Um, Utah, I, I, th- I think this is an important point though. Uh, even though Utah State finished 11 and two, They only beat two teams by 28 points or more last year. One of them was an FCS team, you know, like, and and the other one, uh, by the way, was was a solid team. Uh, Granted, I I will say uh, San Diego State, I did happen to watch that game, the entire game. Uh, San Diego State, I don't know what was going on. That one. I, they might have had COVID or, or something. <laughs> they also no-showed it. Like, it was one of those wow. games where, you know, I, I don't know if San Diego State, there was like a, a frat party that I – The hangover or, the hangover game, yeah. It was, it, was, it was one of those where it was – yeah, it, it, it was really weird. But, but anyway, uh, you know, most of the rest of the season, uh, Utah State was like – like, Utah State has one of those, uh, you know, Blake Anderson's ethos. It's like – um, the clock controlled quick hitting passing game. Right. And, and Logan Bonner's like one of those, those pocket passers with, you know, it's like, it like, I, I was just talking about like a, the, the pocket passer with, with, with good short to intermediate accuracy. Right. And, right. and they're, they're looking to control the clock and control the ball with those quick hitters. And then we're going to move the chains and we're going to move the chains and like stuff like that. And they, they would keep the, you know, the scores would be close in a lot of their games and they would end up, you know, pulling the games out at the end. Cause so 27 and a half just seems like way, way too much, even for UConn, a dog that has been a dog for a while. Right. Exactly. I, I think that UConn is going to be able to, to hang around. And I think Jim Mora is going to to try to do clock control stuff on his own by establishing the run on his own right between Roberson, between Nathan Carter. Yeah. 
Let's go over to Wyoming at Illinois. Illinois is an 11-point favorite here. And Wyoming, they were solid last year, but they have a lot to replace. So I think for most, uh, we expect a step back for them, for the Cowboys. Brett Bielema had the Illini heading in the right direction. And Thor, this line from your uh, from your win total preview, a uh, Kirkland brand Wisconsin is just <laughs> so fantastic. A-plus on that line, Thor. Uh, absolutely wonderful line for a, 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 or a description of the Illini here. So uh, who do you like in this game, and what do you expect from these teams this year? Yeah, and, and Bielema, Bielema is building a, a Kirkland brand, Illinois, or, you know, <laughs> at, at Illinois, and, and he's done it very quickly. It, he he has like, you know, I, I, his average offensive lineman is, is, do you remember it from the pieces, like 325 or 330 pounds, like his average starting offensive lineman, like they already have the best yeah, yeah, exactly. Just enormous up front. He has the power running game established already. And he's already, you know, it was weird. Like when Archer Sikowski, like when he came in, he was like this ballyhooed five-star quarterback. He's been a huge bust, but he was known as like this lead-footed pocket passer. Uh, Bielema, you know, he signed him as a transfer. Bielema turned him into like this quasi uh, dual threat, you know, where he's like, you know, used as like this, this hammer quarterback. So, so Bielema, like, you know, he's able to turn guys into his, vision for them or, or whatever so like it's it, what he does it's impressive in in its own right and, and now he has signed Tommy DeVito to uh compete with Sikowski Tommy DeVito being another uh ballyhooed quarterback that didn't necessarily work out at his previous stop but uh Bielema can you know sort of mold him in in his own image or whatever um the Illinois passing game is, is is not going to be appreciably better than it was last year but the the good news is is they should be able to run uh, just as well as they they did last year and the the thing about the the Illinois team is they they you know they're going to do what they do which again it, it's just a, a super duper knockoff version of like what Wisconsin and Iowa does it's they're going to con- control the clock um they're going to shorten the game um, they're going to put their defense in as, as good a position as they possibly can. They're going to play the field position game. And then they generally play really good special teams like that. That's really all it is. They want to play the situational football game. And and Bielema like did pretty good with it. Like they they sort of uh, scratch and clawed their way to, to five wins last year. I, I'm a little bit uh, uh, tepid on on them this year, you know, as, as far as taking the next step, because I don't know where you're going to like if you look at the stock ledger and, you know, in every single column, I'm not sure where it jumps up this year because I think he he got as much as he could like right away. And, you know, and again, right. I'm not I'm not sure what position it, it jumped kind of maxed out last year. Sure, sure. Exactly. Once he gets the better quarterback or or he gets like the stud running back, I think that's where, where it starts to tick up. But I think this team is right around as good as, as last year's, which, you know, it's probably, be, you know, good for, you know, four to five wins or whatever going to be respectable. But, you know, I, I think it's it, it's right around there. Meanwhile, Wyoming, you know, it's it, it's what Wyoming is like. Craig Bull's teams always play solid defense. They, they lost a lot of defenders, um, you know, over over the offseason. They also lost their quarterback in the transfer portal. They, they lost Xavier and Valaday too, but they didn't care about that because Titus Swen had knocked him out of the starting yeah. lineup at the end of last year. So, so that was one of those where, where they didn't really care. But Wyoming teams, they're always well coached just because of ball. So I expect that to be the same thing. To me, uh, the at the end of the day, this line is too high. And I'll tell you why it's too high. 
uh, Brett Bielema does not care about beating teams by double digits. He, in fact, he doesn't want to. He wants to keep the, the scores as close as possible, just like Ferentz, uh, you know, j- j- just like they do at Wisconsin, whereas that's exactly Wyoming's ethos too. The, these are two coaches that want to play in three-point games. That, to me, this line should be you know, four points, three points, something like that. My adjusted line on it is Illinois minus five. I'm taking Wyoming. Okay, nice. I like it. Uh, And this should be a very grindy, you know, what would they call it? This is a classic defensive slobber knocker, slobber knocker. Yeah, that's exactly what it should be. Let's go to Charlotte at FAU. Uh, Charlotte or FAU, excuse me, is a seven point favorite. But FAU Thor had just an epic meltdown last season. (laughs) And sometimes we can see that stuff carry over. Yeah, sometimes we can see that, uh, you know, extend into this season. And Charlotte, Charlotte is a team that was good on one side of the ball, or I not really good, I guess I should say average on the offensive side, and the defense was really bad. Can we see their defense improve enough for them to contend this year and maybe fight for a bowl game, and who do you like in this game? Yeah, I, I think Charlotte could take that that step up. You know, I mean, Healy's been building that thing up. Uh, and, and, you know, you got you got Reynolds back. You have a really good receiving core there as well. And I, I like the offensive system. You know, they, they're getting closer and closer and, and closer. And, and meanwhile, like FAU, they, they play pretty good uh, defense. Um, and and Nikosi Perry, you know, he, he's okay, you know, for, for what he is. And you, you have okay skill position guys. But there's just a cap on on the offense and I think on the team overall. First of all, because Willie Taggart is just sort of a, a risk-averse coach. And, and I think that that hurts you against good opponents because there's sort of that lack of, of killer. And it's, it's sort of like being a Vikings fan where, where Mike Zimmer is always <laughs> coaching not to lose when you're playing good teams. You give away, you know, close games, whatever. Um, but th- they also have a dearth of, of skill talent. Um, and, and I think that that hurts as well in, in some of these these coin flip coin flip games as well. I, I think FAU is is a solid team, but to me, they're more of like that uh, gatekeeper type of a team. They're they're just sort of a middle tier team, and Charlotte is moving right into that phylum as well. So for for me, that these teams are probably closer than they might appear to the naked eye. In in Vegas right now, this line is uh, 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 Charlotte plus seven. Uh, you know the, the game is in in Boca. Um, my, my adjusted line on this game, it's, uh, FAU minus only 4.7 points. I like Charlotte. I I like Charlotte a little bit more, I I think, than Vegas this year. And I like Charlotte in this game as well. And and there's another game here, uh, North Texas at UTEP, uh, which is kind of interesting. North Texas is favored by one point, but looking at your win total articles on betting pros from earlier this month, you like UTEP to hit the over. This is a close game that they have at home, Thor. So they got to win this one to get towards that over, correct? Maybe, yeah. Uh, You know, they they do. (laughs) They they do have a lot of, uh, um, you know, what do you call coin flip high? You know, it's a high schedule, and and there there is a lot of those ones that are that are close in there. So I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not going to put them in they the coffin. They don't have to have this one, right? Yeah, right. It, it, exactly. But this is this is a close one. You know, this of course, you know, of course, just by definition with, with the line. But it, it's a pretty interesting one too. You know, I mean, obviously UTEP had a really good season last year, and UTEP was one of the most interesting teams in the nation in that you could cut their performance really predictably. I, I think it was like in my numbers. I, I think it was like you could cut it at. Um, 
uh, in my power ratings at like number uh, 102. And like the teams ranked below 102, they went six and zero against them. It was like something like that, or maybe it was seven and zero if you had the bowl game. And then the, the teams above that, they went zero and six against, and they, they they got absolutely rolled. Like they, you know, they lost by like you know, twenty five points per game, or like something like that to, to those teams. So 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 they were one of those these teams that like you know could control the the lower teams and and sneak out the wins against them, but would just get blasted by any team that that had more more talent than them. North Texas, what's interesting about this matchup then is North Texas is right on that line. They're not crazy, crazy more talented than UTEP, but they are more talented than than UTEP. Um, again, not appreciably, but they are. So by this rule, uh, you know, I, I, I guess just by precedent, you would say that the North Texas would beat them. But again, it, it's not by a ton. Um, so, so we'll see if UTEP has has taken a step forward just by the, the results of this game. W- what I like about North Texas is skill talent. They have some of the most skilled talent in, in the G5. Their receiving room is awesome. If, if Jair Shorter and Tommy Bush are healthy, um, those guys are, are really, really good. Uh, they're big league players if their bodies uh, d- don't betray them. Um, and, and they join um, the um, – uh, Burns or uh, uh, Roderick Burns. I was blanking on his Roderick first name. Burns. Yeah. If, you know, if, again, if the other two guys, they're outside receivers, both studs, and then Burns, he joined the slot. Now you have three stud receivers. You just have to figure out the quarterback thing because Austin Oon, who's now like 40 years old, um, if, if he, whether he can become competent or Grant Gannell, whether, you know, you finally sort of unearth, you know, he, he was a hype guy coming out. You, you get competent quarterback play out of one of those guys, everything is going to jump up because North Texas. Texas also has like five running backs, you know, now that Oscar Attaway is back. Cause last year they played like four different running backs after Attaway towards yeah. ACL in the summer. Very frustrating for CFF Thor. I know you know that. Exactly. So. And almost all of them were good on a per touch basis, but yes, that right. it was super frustrating for CFF players because of that. Uh, how about, uh, this is one of the most interesting games. I think of the week. Nevada is a nine point favorite at New Mexico state, but Nevada has lost so much, Thor, that I feel like I don't know if they should even be favored in this game. At least they should not be favored by nine. I think that this should be a closer line here. What do you think of this game? Is this a Nevada walk? Because we know last year would have been Nevada by 30, uh, but they lost so much. You know, their coach left, took transfers. A lot of their talent went to the NFL as well. Romeo Dubs, Colt Turner. So uh, what do we think of this game? Can New Mexico State, Marcus Arroyo, can he lead these guys and, and challenge Nevada in this game? I agree with you that this is one of the most interesting games of the week. And and that right there shows the level of our depravity. <laughs> it is week zero, man. Yes. We'll take what we can get. We'll we'll take a hit. That's what it is. That's this, all we're getting here. Yeah, because this game, I mean, just in a vacuum, is like the ugliest run of like but like it <laughs> it, it also is, is is super duper fascinating. Cause yeah, I mean, like Nevada, you know, on the other end of it, USC is is one of the most in, in fact, I believe it's the most remade roster and staff prob- year over year, probably in college football history. Nevada is like on the other end where, where I mean, where it right. also is, but like on, on the negative polarity of it, um, you know, obviously uh, Norvell left for, for Colorado state took his basically his whole staff with him, took damn near half the, his roster with him as, as well. And then Carson strong, uh, you know, w- went to the NFL 
Um, multiple other players went to the NFL as well. But unfortunately, that that wasn't all for Nevada. A bunch of their other players left as well. I mean, th- this was an exodus unlike any exodus we have seen before. I, I, like, you're talking a total crater. Uh, they, they, they hired this relative unknown, like in, in the outside football world, in, in Ken Wilson. Um, and, and they're just going to try to cobble together a roster. Um, but this is bad. And, and people are starting to realize this is bad. Like earlier on in the offseason, I saw that the, their win total, I think it had opened like maybe like six or five and a half or like something like where it was way too high. It's, right. down, it's down to three and a half now. Hammer that under. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not now. Three and a half sounds about right. Yeah. Now it's down to where it ought to be, but like, like it was was obviously way, way too high before. Um, And then, you know, so so that that's them on their side, they they are going to be just, you know, garbage fire this year. And then New Mexico state side, they've been a garbage fire for a long time. So it's like, you know, it's like that, that, that toy story gift where it's Woody looking at the spoon saying, you're (laughs) you're just like me trash. Um, but, but they get Jerry Kill, you know, and, and Jerry Kills, he he been out of the game for for a while, you know. For, he's rebuilt for really, some programs though. He's done he, it before. Jer, Jerry's a builder, you know, and, and he's he's one of our own here in, in in Minneapolis. He he built up our golfs for a while, and obviously he had to step away from the game for for health concerns. But it, it's really good to see him back on on the sidelines. And if he gets some time, he's certainly going to build them back up. Like he, you know, it's one of those things where he has a proven method. He's going to build them back up. It, it's probably going to take him more than than a year, you know, because he's starting, you know, from the ground up here. Uh, th- this program has been really bad uh, for a while. He and he doesn't have a lot of pieces, you know. So like some New Mexico State teams in the past, even though they've been really bad, they've had like one piece. Like you, you remember that New Mexico State team that, that had like Larry Rose for a couple years, or you know, they, they, like you know, here and there they've had like one good player. Um, this team really didn't. But, you know, again, this was the offseason of all the player movement. And Jerry Kill did a couple interesting things in the transfer portal. Um, he took some stabs and threw some darts. One of the interesting ones was there was a really good Juco quarterback that some other teams wanted to. This kid named Diego, I, I believe his last name is Pavia, Diego Pavia. Um, we'll see if they, they can hit lightning in a bottle with, with that kid or, you know, with a couple of the, their other guys. Um but, you know, again, Jerry Kill knows how to coach and he knows how here's an important thing. He knows how to coach on game days like that guy right. doesn't make mistakes, like, you know, both with play calling and also just like the in-game stuff. He, he It's one of those things when, when you're watching his team, you're never like upset at the decisions being made. You know, it's, it's like one of those. So, um, you know, like I, I trust my my money, you know, like betting on him, you know, one of those things. And, and this is one of those where. Now the line has come back down where it is closer in line with reality. Like two weeks ago, even this line was way off, you know, earlier in the off season, it was way off from reality. Now it's much closer to in line with reality. Cause in these last couple of weeks, people have started to to get in tune with how bad Nevada is because the Nevada beat writers are like starting to write like, Guys, this team is going to be. This does not look good right here. Yeah, hot garbage. The the live line is all the way down to, to nine points. My 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 line my my numbers. It's New Mexico plus seven point two. I I still think that the line is 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 too high by by a couple points. Um, and, and I would tell you, I think New Mexico State is a live dog here. I will probably wet my beak a little bit on on this money line, and I, and I'll have a little bit on the spread too. 
and I don't know why I said Marcus Arroyo. It, it's that trio of New Mexico, New Mexico State, UNLV. I will, I will flip them uh, in their entire teams in my brain for whatever reason. I can't get it right. Uh, the last game that we have on this schedule, last FBS game, is Vandy is an eight and a half point favorite at Hawaii. Um, you have Hawaii in this game, I think, straight up, right? Uh, are, are are we still there? Is, is that is it going to be Hawaii winning this game with this high powered offense? This is a you know a, a, a nicely recruited team, I would say, in Vandy, uh, but they just have not put it together for a while here. So, should this be Hawaii favored? Is the wrong team favored in this game? Yeah, th- this is one of my biggest overlays. Of, of the entire week zero, uh, you know, like you said, uh, live in Vegas right now, it's Vanderbilt minus eight and a half. My adjusted number on this game is Hawaii minus two. So I have an overlay on this game of 10 and a half points. I, I, I do believe the wrong team is, is favored here in a vacuum uh, in, in my power rankings. I think I have Vandy just slightly ever so slightly a- ahead of Hawaii, but with the home field advantage, it, it flips it a little bit. Um, you know, there's a couple of different things going on. I mean, obviously, both of these teams are, are they're quite bad. Um, you know, with with um, uh, uh, Hawaii, Timmy Chang is is coming back. You know, the, the the favorite son. He's replaced Todd Graham. It's you know, it's it's sort of like we we're t- it's it's sort of similar to like what we were talking about with UConn, where the UConn players were all sick of uh, Randy Edson. Yeah. The Hawaii I just remember were, the Randy Edsel when he went for everybody's hand up and no one would do it with him. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that is not That's on the sideline with the camera looking at you. Oh, that well, is not a good look. Yeah. And it, it was, it was even, it was even worse for Todd Graham this off season when the legislatures of Hawaii started to go after him like that. Yeah. It was sort of unprecedented when, when, uh, yeah, when the lawmakers start to go after your job, like that's, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you remember when, when the story came out that, that Todd Graham was, like he was he called a hawaii a third world country because they didn't have dr pepper in the in the pop machines it was like it was like oh boy uh yeah todd what a stupid thing to say when you're the head coach of the most prestigious university yeah i think i I think his firing was announced like two hours later it was like yeah Yeah, it's todd that's it's yeah the 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 hour is nigh Todd, so so you go <laughs> you, you go from that where literally all your players hate you all all the parents hate you the entire the entire island of Hawaii hates you and all and all the, the lawmakers to the, the entire part of the world hates you to now all those people love Timmy Chang Timmy yeah. Chang. Timmy Ching would be on the Mount Rushmore of Hawaii. Kind of dicey though, like because Scott Frost, the same thing with Scott Frost in Nebraska. That's but true. if you if you don't win, it doesn't matter what you did in the past. You're going to get run off. So it, I always I always find that kind of dicey. And I do think that those universities will leave the leash a little too long as well. Sometimes, like Scott Frost, I think if Scott Frost wasn't a Nebraska legend, he probably wouldn't be coaching there this year, right? It'd be somebody else. 1, but because he's a legend, they want to give that longer leash. So that can be dicey. But if it works, uh, you know, you're a god in that state. So uh, With- it could work. Without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. But what Hawaii's program needed right now was a change of culture. Right? Just anybody. Yeah, anybody else on that seat except for uh, Tom well, Graham. I think they needed a specific kind of a guy, right? Because okay. like, they had a specific kind of a problem. And so, right. you know, getting Chang, it, it changed what their problem had been. Chang specifically addressed it. And right. so, like, 
you know, and and not only that, he, it, you know, you you address that part of it, but also Chang addresses the thing of bringing the style of football back that not only that your fans prefer, but that uh, you utilized in your heyday. That right. you know that that is always you know at, at the peak of your program you know that that, that that's what you use or whatever. Sling so, that rock, Timmy that, Chang, Colt Brennan, yeah, the cla- the Hawaii classics. That's exactly right. Yeah, so so we're going back to the 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 run and shoot. Um, that that should be good. Um, and, and we'll see if that ends up um, you know, playing up the the offense. They also have to to fix the defense. You know, that's that that's been a problem as well. They don't have a, a ton of guys returning. I think it's uh, six six guys returning. It, it's another situation where they signed a bunch of uh, transfers. The returning quarterback is Brendan Schrager. I, I watched that kid last year. Was not impressed. Um, he does have a decent arm. Um, but it, you know, ju- just from my eye test, he did not seem to have a bunch of pocket presence. The accuracy, uh, scatter shot was, was putting it nicely. I- I'll see, you know, we'll see what, what Timmy Chang can do with them over the off season. Cause that, that was obviously working with, with Graham right. and, and, and he, he was a young kid at the time, but they, they brought in his competition for him. Uh, came on Cooper, who was a former yeah. hyped, hyped, hyped recruit for Mike Leach, you know, who was brought in to run the, the air raid at Wazoo. It obviously didn't work out there, but, you, you know, we'll, we'll see now down, down in Hawaii. And then Joey Yellen, who is another former uh, hyped recruit. So, you, you, you know, you, you have a three-headed monster there. And then they have a, a whole bunch of different receivers. And, you know, you, you toss it together. Meanwhile, on, on the Vanderbilt side, they, they have their two quarterbacks back. Neither of them has acquitted themselves well. Mike Mike Wright ended last season. He hasn't played super-duper well. The the backup was the guy that started last year, Ken Easter Seals. He hasn't been great either. The the one good piece of news for that offense is you get back Ramon The Rock Davis, yeah. the, the, the guy who had been at Temple previously. Uh, Ramon that's Davis. A, that's a big running back. I mean, that's a big get back for sure. Yes. Yes, what I was going to say, that kid is going to play in the NFL if his body doesn't betray him, and that is an enormous F. Like, when he's playing, he's really good. Like, his talent level is not, like, for Vanderbilt fans, it's not super-duper far off from Keyshawn Vaughn. Like, I mean, he's he's a good player. And, and not only that, like, as a runner, he can handle the usage as a receiver, so you can just feed him volume. But it's it's like this double-edged sword because it's like you you want to feed him all the candy and just, like, you, you know, especially if you're this crappy team like Vandy, you want to, like, give him, you know, 35 touches, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But he, he gets injured so easily. You know, he, he's had all these different injuries. And last year he was playing really well in their first couple games, and they were all excited, and he's going to be our big bell caller this year. We're going to give him, you know, 250 touches, and then he gets injured. And he's out for the year in the the second game or whatever. It'll be a huge deal for them uh, whether he can stay healthy this entire season. I don't know if they're going to uh, try to platoon in. Uh, I, th- I think his name is Rocco Griffin off the bench. That was the kid that that basically took over. Um, you know, when when uh, Davis went down, uh, you know, d- down the stretch last season, or if they're going to try try to have Davis, you know, th- this Just time try to let him do it again and see if he he holds up. I mean, might as well. I think if you're Vandy, right? The definition of insanity, though. You know, I mean, like yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, but like if, you know, if, if Davis was healthy, you know, for, well, for, just speaking for this game, like if, if Davis makes it through this game, like, I mean, like he's going to put up, you know, I'd be mean, like 150 you know, plus yards of total offense for sure. I mean, like he's, he, he, he's a really good player. So, I mean, he, he's going to be the focal point of the offense. They also have a pretty good uh, 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 receiving core, you know, and Will Shepard is a pretty solid uh, stout outside receiver. So, so you have a couple of pieces like that. It's just, like the the quarterback play, you know, like I said, hasn't been there. And then they have issues on the offensive line. They actually had an NFL player there uh, last year. Um, it's this kid that transferred to Alabama. Like he was a stud. And then Alabama's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take that kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's well, just Alabama what happens. Does, to Bandit. Right. And then the defense stinks as well. So I mean, the, the I, I guess the the cliff notes of this one would be these two teams are very much in the same phylum. It's just that Vandy's, you know, traveling 4,500 miles the other way. I'm not really sure why they are laying, you know, seven points on the road like this. I I like Hawaii to win this game all right. Yeah, I love it, Thor, and it's going to be an exciting season. We will be back with you guys next week. But before we go, once again, at Thor KU on Twitter. And Thor, tell everyone what do you have coming up this week? And, and if I'm not even sure we haven't talked about it. Do you have like a weekly schedule of betting pros? What articles are you going to be doing? Uh, I know you're going to have a show with Thomas on Sundays as well. I think that will come out on Monday. So just let everyone know what the plan is for you here at betting pros so they can get excited about it and know where to find all your work. I have to even look at my schedule right now. Cause there's, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff on it. Like I got a, a early lines column coming out on, on Mondays where I'll like update my power ratings and then put out the, um, the lines for like the, the coming week. I, I have the Sunday show that, that you mentioned um, where I'll say like, I'll, I'll go over the, the early lines uh, for the first time, you know, like my projected lines, um, for the, the coming week's games um, on, on Tuesday, I'll do like a, a futures column, um, you know, talking about like the updated future lines. And if there's any like Heisman bets or uh, uh, Natty uh, line updates that, that would be interesting, you know, that, that have any value or stuff like that. Uh, we have a discord you, you and I, right. We, we have the, discord yeah, on, on well, Wednesday. every Wednesday, we're going to be doing a discord, I believe at five Eastern four central. Uh, so we will talk college football with you guys for an hour on that as well. Uh, talk about your lines, any prospects you want to talk about. That'll be a great time over there. And then we do, we're, we're, oh, and then, and then this show, this show, of yeah. course. Yep. Yeah. Every week. And then, um, on Thursdays, I do a column with my 10 uh, favorite sides of the week, um, you know, every week going forward. And then on uh, uh, one thing I'm super excited about this year is on Saturdays, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern weekly, uh, every single week with Mike Farrell, um, the former Rivals uh, National Scouting Director. We're doing a kickoff show um, where we go through every single game on the card, giving you guys nice. betting advice, the sides, the totals, DFS, props. Um, Mike is, you know, I, I didn't know this before, um, but like just over the off season talking to him, this guy is like a, a super sick savage with betting. Like he, he's been <laughs> like, like he told me, like he, he, he's just always down with like the, the DraftKings app and the FanDuel app, like for years and stuff like this. And so we, we started chatting about all this stuff and anyhow, we ended up conceiving this show and, um, and, and I'm just like super stoked to be able to do it with him. So I hope people will check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm just jacked about it. 
I mean, look, that is uh, six, seven days a week. You can find Thor uh, giving you articles and giving you content for college football here at Betting Pros. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter, like I said, at Scott, at Bogman Sports, excuse me. And you can find me here doing this show. I'm going to be doing an IDP show with Joe Pizapia as well. We'll be doing stages on Wednesday night. Uh, I was doing them Mondays, going to be moving those to Wednesday night to talk about some fantasy football with you guys. And Thor is going to be on the show with Pat and I this week talking about the 2023 draft class as well. So uh, we're going to get that all scheduled up and ready to rock for next week. So you guys can check that out. You can also see all my stuff over at indusleague.com that I do with the Welsh baseball, football, all kinds of goofy stuff. That's why I have no beard right now. I lost. We do this thing on Wednesdays called the wheel and I had to shave my beard live on the wheel. So go check that out if you guys would as well. But we will see you guys next week. Uh, Good luck and take it easy. We will see you then.